and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're talking about the Ellen DeGeneres uh, controversy, A Walk to Remember. Uh, thrilling. <laughs> I know, right? And roller skates. Roller skates? Yeah, roller skates. <laughs> They're back, you guys. Roller skates are the moment. We're going to talk about it. Can't believe it. All right. First category. Let's get this out of the way. It's Tea Time Checks in with the Ellen DeGeneres discourse. So for years, I think rumors have been swirling around about Ellen DeGeneres as a boss and the environment on this TV show, the Ellen DeGeneres show. But um, it kind of made headlines again on July 16th when BuzzFeed News published an article titled, Former Employees Say Ellen's Be Kind Talk Show Mantra Masks a Toxic Work Culture. And then later, also BuzzFeed News on July 31st, published another article that says, dozens of former Ellen Show employees say executive producers engage in rampant sexual misconduct and harassment. So we're going to be talking a little bit about what's being claimed here, and then also perhaps who would be a better replacement for Ellen DeGeneres, who deserves that spotlight and that role. And the dumb celebs backing her when there's absolutely (laughs) no reason to. So I'm just going to heavily quote this BuzzFeed News article uh, because it's well-written and it has the most accurate information, definitely more so than we can say or speculate. So... This is the first paragraph. Being asked to join the control room inside the Ellen DeGeneres show is a coveted spot in Hollywood, but according to dozens of men and women who work behind the scenes, the office is a place where sexual harassment and misconduct by top executive producers run rampant. So the sexual misconduct allegations are against two executive producers on the show, and there's no direct allegations against Ellen herself, but many people are saying, and rightfully so, that Ellen is the face, and there's definitely no way that she didn't know that this was happening under her wing. Um, they're just, I mean, for years, people have been talking about how she's a horrible boss. She mistreats her staff. People on her staff mistreat her staff. And now we have obviously like real concrete allegations and some would say proof of that. So basically the past couple of weeks, there's just been a lot of like calls for Ellen to resign because mm-hmm. people hate her and she's apparently not a nice person and just like a lot of pressure um, for her to step down and for someone to replace her on the show. So I think the the discourse this week has been like, Ellen's a shitty person who should replace her. And so there was a very uh, strategically, I think, placed article about how James Corden was potentially uh, going to be a replacement, which was like based on no fact that anyone could find. It just seemed to be like a little agency plant, but it really Mm -hmm. got people talking. And so there have kind of been two camps of people. One camp being like, Ellen's time is over. We don't like her. She has a really toxic environment. Like, let's call it. And there's also been this very strange wave of random celebrities who have spoken up on her behalf. And I want to point to Kia Speaks on Twitter, who just very, uh, very strategically was like, I think... I worked in digital strategy. I can recognize a digital campaign. And she thinks that people sent out like an I love Ellen like campaign for celebrities to use. And she's basing this theory. This is clearly a theory. Nobody knows how this is actually working. But her theory is that these celebrities received some sort of encouragement to tweet about how Ellen is great and nice. Blackmail. Just kidding. (laughs) It's just these random celebrities. And some of them are for actually friends with her. But a lot of people that are like publicly like we know are friends of Ellen haven't said anything. So like Jay Leno said, I don't discard a 40 year friendship on hearsay. The Ellen I know has raised over $125 million for charity and has always been a kind and decent person. And like just the specific stats and like <laughs> this has popped up in a lot of these 
tweets how like and some people are just stupid I think and like Scooter Braun decided to tweet about how great Ellen was I was like yeah she was waiting for your endorsement <laughs> um, and like Ashton Kutcher Ted Cruz um, <laughs> Kevin Hart like the kind of people where you're like if you're Ellen are you grateful for this Woo! Um, and Katy Perry uh, sent a whole thing and like these people are like Ellen has always been nice to me and obviously the Twitter reaction has been like you're a right. celebrity right and- fully so <laughs> that happened to you that doesn't mean jack shit anywhere like, I, I just the willful ignorance to be like I personally had a- and this happens for anyone like yeah. if, if you've personally had a good reaction like a good experience with someone like they've always been nice to me doesn't mean they're not like shitty to other people yeah. and mm-hmm. like the way Ellen treats her guests is not the same as the way that she treats her staff of course right. that's true for like probably everyone so it just has been really dumb Portia de Rossi also tweeted about stopping the attacks on Ellen but she had this very weird angle where it was hashtag stop bot attacks where she was like trying to make it seem like the people who were anti-Ellen were bots like what? she had hashtag stop bot attacks sure. I support Ellen which I was like no these are real like these are real yeah. people who just don't like Ellen Um, it's just been really strange. And, uh, if you're a celebrity, just like, it costs nothing to say nothing. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. The, the rumors around Ellen DeGeneres have existed for quite some time. And I think like, do you guys remember back in March, that tweet, um, from that comedian, Kevin Porter, and he was like, share the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen DeGeneres being mean. And then it got like over 2,500 replies about Ellen yeah. DeGeneres. I just, we said this a little bit in the chat, but it's just, you just, just know. And the Dakota Johnson thing. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. every time there's a little bit of instigation and like there's some, like the George W. Bush thing at the game, like yep. every time there's anything that can cause people to talk about how shitty Ellen is, like everyone talks about how shitty Ellen is. So like, mm-hmm. can we just move on to someone right. who, and yes. also like her show is bad. She's a bad interviewer. She's not very nice during her interviews and she deserves to be replaced. I think also people just because she's built her brand on being nice and like anti-bullying. It's just like it just it's a 180 from what we're hearing about. But and like you said, it's like we've been hearing about it for a really long time. Um, But can I just give you a couple predictions for who I think will speak up? To Ellen for okay. Ellen, it would okay. have to be someone really stupid, right? That those seem to be all the people you've seen. Yes, here. yes. Okay, I think Terry Crews probably next. <laughs> he said some stupid stuff lately, going um, out of his way to be stupid lately. Yeah. So really? Fits. So this is this is your lane, Terry. Let's yeah. come on, send up the tweet, uh, George W. Bush because they're BFFs. Sure. Um, Ted Cruz fits that. So exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone involved with the American Idol reboot. Can't you see like <laughs> Lionel Richie? He's like, you know, 70. He doesn't know how to use the uh, computer. The He's just like, yes, so your mind. Amelia. <laughs> and Ryan Seacrest, too. Oh, mm. my God. You know, he yeah. just wants a little piece of everything. And See then the last also, one. I'm so excited. <laughs> someone from Modern Family, you know, just yeah. one of the cast members of Modern Family. Like, can you see freaking Ed O'Neill or like Sophia Vergara being like, yeah, she's fine. I've never had a problem. I love her. You know, yeah. that's their lane. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Thank yeah, you, you did. Who do you think should get their own talk show in replace of Ellen? So I said this on Twitter and I feel like this is just the obvious choice. And mm-hmm. I know that the world probably won't agree, but um, uh, it's Kiki Palmer. Listen, yeah. yeah, no one is more likable. No one is more charming. She has the talk show experience. She's been on that show with Michael Strahan that unfortunately just got canceled, but mm-hmm. she's available now. So perfect. 
And you know, she's young. She's Mm -hmm. full of vigor. She doesn't really have a ton of like acting projects right now. And like having a daily talk show is super hard. It's a lot of work. I feel like you have to have some like a good couple decades in Mm you to like really make it count. So yeah, I I have no question. Kiki Palmer. I love Phenomenal answer. Amelia, who's your answer? Well, I just said, you know, because she kind of has her own talk show in her mind and she portrays it always on uh, Instagram. And I love it. I love every second of it. But Britney Spears, she can just be, you know, just like talk to the camera where it's like at that angle where she looks like really skinny and stuff. And she's like, hi, guys, I burnt down my gym. And now I have the talk show that Ellen used to have, you know. So I I think Britney would be great. Dancing, she can dance her way exactly. on the stage yeah. just like Ellen did. Oh, oh my god, god. good yes. call! She can do like a little monologue. I mean, what is a TikTok if not just a monologue, like a comedic exactly. monologue? You know, I feel call. like she's got half of it down. She can share yeah. her workout routines. Yeah, Listen. yeah, lovely. My answer is Zue. I don't know if you guys are familiar yes. with her. She's on yes. a real freaking hot streak this year. Um, she's a <laughs> Jesus and Mara writer. But I know of her from her weekly Instagram lives, comedy shows, which is like based loosely on her um, YouTube show called Baited, where she, it's the, the whole description is, we all feel uncomfortable talking about race. It's much easier to pretend it doesn't exist than to acknowledge hard truth. Since Zue can't pretend race doesn't exist, she refuses to let her coworkers off the hook. So she brings in white coworkers, makes like, ask them questions. She has something called a discomfort cam where like a handheld just goes really close to their face, seeing every facial expression they make. She has interview prowess. She's done Allison Roman, Caroline Calloway, Alexis Nyers. She's been interviewing people during this pandemic, giving us all life, asking tough questions, putting, making white people really uncomfortable, which we need to take Ellen's audience and put her content in front of them (laughs) to push them to be uncomfortable and sit in that because it's really good for myself included, all white people to be that way. So that's my answer. She's also so fun and she just is so charming. I can't, she's just, I can't look away. It's the cringiest show I've ever seen. And as you know, (laughs) I struggle with that, but I watch it almost every week when she, and she does it on Instagram live, which is so impressive. It's so impressive that she does it live. Like she's ready. Put her yes, on a talk show. so true. And also Instagram Live is notorious for like a lot of tech issues. It's really yeah. delayed. Sometimes everyone's blurry and she fucking <laughs> nails it every time. So 100% put her in yes. that seat. Give her the power. Agreed. This episode of Tea Time is brought to you by Blue Apron. Home cooking matters now more than ever. Blue Apron takes the guesswork out of dinner. And we mean more than just deciding what to eat. You can know your ingredients are being prepared and packaged with the highest attention to quality and safety. And with their commitment to transparency and reducing waste, Blue Apron has your back in more ways than one. You can feel good about your food and your environmental impacts with Blue Apron, the first meal kit to partner with How To Recycle, which is committed to transparency and reducing waste. Over 85% of Blue Apron packaging is recyclable, and 41% of their packaging materials are made from recycled content. They're also the first meal kit company to transition to drain-safe, fully recyclable ice packs. Feel good about your choices and create delicious meals at home with Blue Apron. Prices start as low as $7.49 per serving. Don't sacrifice flavor. Don't settle for boring meals. Find comfort in the kitchen with Blue Apron and enjoy delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first two deliveries when you visit blueapron.com slash teatime. That's blueapron.com slash teatime. Blue Apron, feed your soul. Okay, next category is this week in social media, slash not worth the tea, slash relationship news. 
just a packed category. As we'll you have know. to rename this category. We will. <laughs> we really, really will. Okay. First up, I was gonna. We were gonna do a cringe mode on it, and then I said no because uh, I didn't want to read it. It's Midnight Sun release week. We <laughs> talked a lot about Midnight Sun when we were doing our Twilight cringe mode series. And the only, it's out, it's not a big deal. We don't need to talk about it. But the thing I do want to talk about is that on Twitter, people, all these like news, quote unquote news outlets were like, the Midnight Sun movie. Will there be a Midnight Sun movie? And I have so many problems with this extremely dumb question. First of all, <laughs> it's the same movie. The plot does not change. It's just Edward's point of view. Literally, it's Twilight. I don't, it's the same movie. That so, is so true. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What else could they possibly do? I don't know. It's literally the same. Uh, second of all, I was like, who do you think's going to be in this movie? Because it's not Robert Pattinson and it's not Kristen Stewart. <laughs> it was just like the most clickbait. I was like, really, we can't do like, oh, the 10 cringiest lines from Midnight Sun. Like, I would click on yeah. that. Instead, it was like talking about the Midnight Sun movie. Also, it's 672 pages long, which is just egregious. The first Twilight book is like 400 pages. So I don't know where those extra pages came from. I bet Taylor uh, Lautner would be down to do this project. Not sure what he he's would. up to right he, now. But he's barely in the first book. True. I don't think he's in it at all. Edward never meets him. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> I've honestly anyway. blocked that content from my brain. <laughs> we could write him into the movie. It's fine. Whatever. I'm trying to put that in my past now. We did cringe <laughs> yeah. mode. We it's got officially it. behind us now. I think this was our last <laughs> Twilight release for a long time. <gasps> Thank God. Now we can move on. Um, the next thing that happened on social media this week is, who put this in that line? The case of the mystery nightmare <laughs> influencer job posting. That was me. Thank it's you, true. Kate. So this came to our attention from a tweet uh, from Taylor Lorenz, who found this job posting on entertainmentcareers.net for a personal assistant to influencer. And then it's listed as confidential. Obviously, they're not just going to list whoever this person is. So at first glance, we're like, all right, that's run-of-the-mill job posting. It only takes about a sentence or two into this job posting to really um, start to get quite scared. So we're just going to pick out a couple that stood out to us most. And I think you guys, you longtime listeners know Kate and I. Um, I was an assistant for a very long time. Kate knows that as well. Kate knows the field. So this like really <laughs> hits home to us. So here's some yeah. of the description. A well-known celebrity slash influencer with 10 plus million followers is seeking a well-organized, available, diligent personal assistant to join her team. So that's fine. That's normal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then you have to manage calendar activities. Fine. Be on property eight hours a day. Clean, cook, communicate with all these different people. Research. Not sure what. Handle all personal tasks for the YouTuber. You'll have to be on call 24-7. You must keep all emotions slash private life matters completely away from this world. You must be able to handle hundreds of small tasks at once. like Hundreds. I, I can't, can't, like the average is like four maybe on like a given <laughs> hour, but I don't understand hundreds, what that hundreds. You must be able to be the bad guy, remove emotion, handle intense oh. conversations, bounce back instantly from any mistakes of that emotion. I'm super bad at that. So I'm out on this job already. You must remain sober yet social and inviting in very high profile environments. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Not seem driven by fame. It goes on and on and on. It's a posting from hell. On call 24-7. It's, it's stunning. Just the amount of times they're like, you may not have emotions. Makes me think that this person <laughs> has made a lot of people cry, whoever right. they are. Right. Uh, and that was the big question was like, who could this possibly be? No one yes. really knows because there are just like a lot of chaotic YouTubers that it could potentially be. Yes. Um, yeah. The kicker for me was you have to wake up the client each day with coffee, <laughs> which to 
go into a boss's bedroom with some hot coffee, be like, hello. Morning, me. Morning. <laughs> so uncomfortable. So I, who are we kicking around? I thought it was Tati Westbrook, but then Alyssa mm-hmm. Bresnak had a much, much better idea. Yeah, what Alyssa who reports on a lot of like tech and culture. Uh, said yeah. that she obviously did not know, but her best guess was uh, Tana Mojo. Yes. Who yes. is definitely chaotic. And somebody mm-hmm. thought James Charles, but then it said she. So like it, it was very, right. it was, uh, yeah, yeah. People don't really know. And it's also like, you could have thought they meant 10 million YouTube subscribers or like maybe they added all their like yes because they were like 10 million like followers so it was yes. hard to say yeah. it was really hard to guess but we're keeping an eye out for it I think someone has on to the find out that. someone has to I want to find out who eventually gets hired and godspeed to whoever that person is <laughs> Um, next thing in social media, it's not completely terrible news, but you guys, we are on the brink of disaster because TikTok might be banned in the United States soon. So I'm just going to throw some mm-hmm. facts. Sorry to put my academic hat on, but I need to inform you guys about what Very is important. happening. Okay. The U.S. Department of State unveiled this clean <laughs> network program on Wednesday, trying to protect individual and corporate privacy, um, like sensitive info being sold elsewhere, especially overseas. So there's basically five elements. I did a lot of research on this because this is my platform um, to protect like the carrier networks and infrastructure on the U.S. And then Trump already had this pre-existing 5G clean path initiative back in April. And this is basically proposing some updates to the way the internet is structured. And the goal is to take away how some cloud providers could be giving basically the Chinese government access to U.S. data, which means removing apps like TikTok, which is a Chinese company from U.S. phones. And Trump and the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, have basically singled out TikTok as like a huge red flag for them, like something of interest to fucking fix. So so basically it might get banned or it might get partially acquired by Microsoft. It's very up Mm. in the air right now, but it scared everyone enough on TikTok for every influencer to basically make these very dramatic goodbye (laughs) videos on the platform. (laughs) These montages, there was sad music, they were crying. We don't know exactly the future of this app. I hope to God that it stays, but we'll just have to see. And in the meantime, Instagram has introduced a platform called Reels, which as you can tell in my voice, I'm not that into. Um, It launched this week in 50 countries and it's the exact same concept as TikTok. It's short form videos set to music, shared with either friends or followers or on an explore page, which is literally how TikTok works. In fact, I saw on a lot of reels, a lot of the ads, they have been using really popular TikTok songs and dances and like themes to promote reels, which is so tacky. But they did this exact same thing with Instagram stories. Everyone was so against it. And now even I exclusively use Instagram stories instead of Snapchat. So I don't know what the future will hold. That is not true. You use Snapchat a lot. However, I agree. We all were like, oh, this is such a clear Snapchat ripoff when they introduced them. And people were like, I'm never going to use this. And then like more and more, we started using it. And then Snapchat started failing. So I'm a little worried about, because it's nice to have everything on one platform. You know what I mean? It's nice to like be able to do all this stuff. I do like TikTok. And I think that Gen Z like is very aware of like corny attempts to win them over. Yeah. And I kind of think that they'll be like, no, like Instagram's for old people or like, you know what I mean? I think they're a little too self-aware to fall for this, but I guess we'll see. And also 
like they're saying, oh, this has to do with China. But people are like, no, no, no. This has to do with Trump being butthurt over the fact that (laughs) these teens and other people obviously are using it to subvert him. And yeah, like the rally in Tulsa, all the headlines were like TikTok teens. And that Sarah Cooper girl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He just hates that so much. So whatever. We'll see what happens. I'll be really sad. I'm going to, I guess, have to create a Finsta, a second Finsta (laughs) if I'm going to try to use reels because I don't want those two worlds colliding in any way, shape or form. So we'll just have to see. (laughs) Obviously, we'll keep you guys posted. Um, All right. Let's move on. Next one. So, you know, (laughs) this has been a a real saga since it happened in, I, I don't remember, like 2012 or something. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are finally trying to make amends for getting married on a plantation. And Ryan Reynolds recently talked to Fast Company and he said, it's something we'll always be deeply and unreservedly sorry for. It's impossible to reconcile. What we saw at the time was a wedding venue on Pinterest. So, and he goes on to that. It's just like, yeah, Thank you for apologizing and for donating money. But at the same time, it's like people have been calling you out about this for years. You Mm -hmm. knew it was bad. And honestly, 2012 was not that long ago. You should have known back then as well. And it's just it kind of rings hollow. But I mean, I don't know. That's just my thought, because literally people have been calling them out for years. And it just so happens that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has really hit uh, an apex almost. And, Mm -hmm. and now it's like, Oh, what a convenient time to be like, Oh, I messed up. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I put this in here because we give them so much shit for it. And I was like, okay, we should cover the fact that they did apologize finally. But I almost feels like right now to do this is just like trying to bury it a little bit because there's so much happening and like, you know, it's not going to be a headline. Like I missed this until somebody tagged us in it. And then I was like, oh, whereas, you know, five years ago, this would have been like a huge deal that they apologized for it. So I don't know. I'm glad they apologized. I'm glad they're working on it. And I would have liked it five years earlier. Yeah. Seven years earlier. Yeah. Next one. Oh, my gosh. Huge news that broke before tea time today, you guys. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Garner. Maybe Jennifer Garner. (laughs) Yes, Jennifer uh, Garner. We okay. So Bradley Cooper was spotted with a mystery woman on the beach in Malibu. It's him and his daughter. He's very shirtless. He's with this woman who's wearing like a very goofy Jennifer Garner outfit. Looks like Jennifer Garner. And TMZ was like Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Garner on a date on a beach in Malibu, which obviously was big news to me as an Alias fan. They go way back. They've known each other forever. She apparently just broke up with her burger boyfriend, which is also big news. <laughs> And then I was looking at it and I was looking at Twitter and people were like, this is not Jennifer Garner. So then like doubt was cast in my head. So I spent the next hour going through Jennifer Garner's Instagram, trying to tell if this woman was Jennifer Garner because it looks like her, but this woman's very tan. Their pictures are not very Mm -hmm. good. She has these big sunglasses on. She's in the sand in this like blue skirt, blue sweater. She's got this goofy Apple watch on her wrist. So like I seized on the Apple watch. I was like, Jennifer Garner also has a goofy Apple watch that she constantly wears. Um, (laughs) The sunglasses, I couldn't find exact replicas, but they're like the kind of, I think the kind of style that she tends to wear. And then Liz jumped in and did some investigative research. What did you find? Well, thank you, Kate, for asking. I was trying to find other times she had worn those articles of clothing because she has paparazzi every time she walks out of her house. It felt like the 
like chances were high. Unfortunately, I forgot that she is quite wealthy and probably has millions of clothes. So it was hard to find the cardigan and the skirt. However, I did find that she has an affinity to wear those Gucci white sneakers with Mm. very tall ankle gray Mm. socks, which is such a Jennifer Garner thing to do (laughs) to take $600 sneakers and put too high of a mismatch color on top of them because she just doesn't care. She does just not important to her. And on that beach in Malibu with Bradley Cooper, she is wearing those Gucci sneakers and two tall of gray socks. (laughs) And only one human (laughs) could do that on planet Earth. Then it's Jennifer Garner. I agree. Also, who who wears socks on a beach? Just horrible. Who wears sneakers Um, on a beach? (laughs) (laughs) It's unreal. However, however, there is one more picture that was surfaced uh, that Juliette Littman sent. And... I was saying to Liz, I was like, I wish we could see her from another angle because of her shoulders because I love Jennifer Garner, but she's a very athletic build. She has very yes. specific shoulders. Yes. And I was like, I feel like if we could see her shoulders from another angle, we would know if it was her. <laughs> and Juliet sent a picture of her walking down the stairs at this house from very far away. But you know it's Jennifer Garner's. I think as soon as you see this picture, she just has this like yeah. very upright posture. <laughs> um, and she and Bradley go way back. Everyone's like, they're dating. I don't think it's that they're dating. First of all, I just wanted to know that it was her. And I think it is. Yeah. Um, but they've been friends literally forever. I don't think I don't think they're dating. I think yeah. they're just hanging out. Seems like an innocent yeah. just hang on the beach. They're both. Yeah. yeah but I, I approve. I approve of this alias reunion. Yes. Speaking of reunions, <laughs> Amelia, last one. <laughs> Speaking of reunions and maybe love. I don't know. I hope. Uh, Kristen Cavallari. Whew, she posted to her Instagram a picture of her and her high school sweetheart, Stephen Coletti. Oh my wow. God. This, I know, it was, yes, I saw it on Andrew Gertodaro's Twitter and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and you know, they started in Laguna Beach together. There was like a love triangle between Kristen and Elsie and Steven. And Kristen was portrayed as like the bad girl. But anyway, she is, she's like clutching him. She's around his, his like, um, upper body. And it, she captioned the photo 2004 or 2020. And, wow. Whew. And then Jay Cutler, who she's divorcing, deleted his Instagram. I don't know what's going on, but I'm excited. She knew she would set the internet aflame <laughs> when she did this. And she did. I don't even, yeah. I never even watched this, but I saw those two. I was like, wait, this is a really big deal. Um, and it was. So maybe they're back together. That would be an wow. iconic reunion. It would be great. Okay. That was a hefty category, but we got to save a lot of time for… The highly requested cringe mode, A Walk to Remember. So to remind you guys, we are on the search for the very worst Nicholas Sparks movie. We did the last song last week. Tune in. That's my fave. This week, we threw Amelia Bone. We tossed her her favorite Nicholas Sparks movie, which is A Walk to Remember, released in 2002. We're going to do the same thing. Highlights, lowlights, MVP, etc. So highlights… Kate, you want to start and also maybe a brief synopsis because I always sure think you do this. <laughs> so Walk to Remember came out in 2002. It's been such a journey since then. A fresh-faced Mandy Moore, 16 uh, years old, uh, fresh off her hit single Candy, uh, <laughs> was cast in this role. And it's kind of similar to a last song where it was like very clearly like a new pop star who they were like ushering into acting, but she sings a lot still. So she plays Jamie. She's like a pastor's daughter. She's very pure. And Landon, played by Shane West, is this bad boy. And they get thrown together when Landon uh, ends up in detention for, like, making someone jump off of something. Just classic high school peer pressure. And they fall in love against all odds. And then it turns out that Jamie is dying of leukemia. 
and she spends her final days with Landon checking items off of her bucket list. They don't call it a bucket list, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And eventually they get married because that's like the final item on her list is she wants to get married in the church that her mother died or her mother died in. No, Uh, in the church that her mother (laughs) grew up in. Um, And it's just a just a classic Nicholas Sparks film. Oh yeah. my God, the tears <laughs> that come from this movie. This brings me to my the first highlight and the biggest one for me personally, mm. which is the best highlights from this movie come when you are not watching it for the first time. It is such a freaking gut punch mm. the first time you watch this and experience it because the first hour of the movie is just them two getting to know each other. Landon is actually quite a bit of an asshole and pretty aggressive <laughs> yeah. with her. And then you find out in the, like with 45 minutes left that she's actually dying. And then it launches into this gigantic romantic saga and it becomes so heartfelt, but you got to brace yourself for that. If you know, you have to know it's coming. Otherwise it just slices you in the heart and you can't recover. Yeah. Um, I had, enjoy it I more. had forgotten how long it takes for them to reveal that. Uh, it's like two thirds of the way through yes. the movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this beautiful, it's like not beautiful, but it's like this love story. You know, Landon, he's growing as a person, you know, they're falling in love, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she's dying and her days are numbered. And it, yeah. they, you have like a half hour of the movie left. And I was like, what? Like, I yeah, did not yeah. remember that as much of it was like just them being in love. Oh, yeah. And Great also movie. they don't really, sp- I watched the trailer for this movie too. And they don't spoil the twist, which I really appreciate. Oh, that is that's shocking. good. Yeah. yeah, it's a great trailer. And actually, funny, funny little anecdote. Um, My cousins, they were on a double date once and they were like, OK, let's watch this. This it like just came out on, you know, VHS or whatever. And they're like, OK, let's watch this movie tonight. It's a walk to remember. And one of their boyfriends turns to them and goes, oh, is this the movie where she dies of cancer in the end? <gasps> Oh, no. How dare he? I know. (laughs) I know. So. They're just, and I think it's great because it's not like one part of the movie is better. Like, it is a little tough. We'll talk about Landon and how he's just like an asshole at the beginning. But I think like the romance is great on its own. And then like the ending like Mm -hmm. makes it better. But I think it would have have worked like as just like this sort of opposite sides of the tracks, like romance thing. Cause there are just these, I just a lot of iconic lines. My favorite one is promise. You won't fall in love with me. when He's asking her for help on his lines. They're in the school play together. And she's just like this. I don't know. Very self-aware, very old soul, but like just sweet, adorable Mandy Moore. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Also, just shout out to these writers or perhaps Nicholas Sparks, but I don't want to give him credit. It's really the portrayal that sells it. Yeah. Um, for the perfect asshole bad boy with the softest mm. and most gentle heart just for this one specific person. When you were saying this, they could have just gotten away with the out the cancer plot and it could have just been them, them two. It's a little bit like say anything. We're like this really straight laced girl and this grungy guy. But this makes it all the more heart wrenching and the mm. romance that much stronger. Um, but yeah, Landon just absolutely iconic bad boy. I totally agree. <laughs> I have Shane West as my MVP, so we'll get into that later. But yeah. I will say my low light, if we can get into those. Yes. Um, Landon needs to be like 25% less aggressive throughout sure. this whole movie, especially yeah. the first half. This movie starts, yeah. the f- opening scene of this movie is Landon and his extremely asshole friends, like all-time asshole friend group in this mm-hmm. movie, pressuring this kid to jump off a lake or jump off like a thing into a lake. And then he like hurts himself, almost drowns, and they all flee the scene. It's yeah. not and, even a lake. It's a pond. Right. And then we're supposed to root for Landon for the rest of this movie. Like that's exactly. tough to come back from. And it, I credit to him for being good enough to pull it off. But 
It's and tough. he's particularly guilty because he gets up on this really tall ladder with this new guy, and then they're both like, we'll both jump at the same time, and he fakes the other guy out, so he jumps over and lands in so standing bad. still at safety 100 feet above the water. And it's, you know, it's pretty big asshole move. And that plot, we can, again, talk about this in the fire B-plot section, but <laughs> didn't love it. Felt like that was a little bit too far to go. Yeah. Um, and it's really from. hard to come back from that. And again, he does it. And that's impressive, but he's just very aggressive. Like, even with Jamie sometimes, like, in the first half of the movie, I'm like, just back off. Like, you're the first boy she's literally ever talked to. Like, just, like, take it a little bit slower, please. I know you're in love, but, like, back off. (laughs) Agreed. Um, We can quick, because I want to give Amelia enough room to talk about just all the great, great other good things about this movie. But I think it is a little bit slow in the first hour. Didn't realize it. Obviously, again, makes up for it in the last 45 minutes. But... Yeah, slow start. Um, yeah. And then, like we said, the first scene is just a little bit hard to watch. Still, I know it's coming. I know what happens, but I still can't really watch it. Had to watch yeah. it with my hands. Sorry, I didn't eyes. scroll down. I didn't realize I stole that from you. But yeah, it's it's just really tough to open yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, also, in kind of like the first half, the, do you remember the Virgin Mary picture where they— <laughs> Paste. Well, it's like it's clearly not her, and it's like a model, right. and they just like really bad Photoshop paste it, and they hand it out, and they're like Virgin Mary, and it's like is this supposed to be? What is this? It's really lame, and it's like mm-hmm. really funny, but it's like unintentionally funny, and I guess it's there to kind of show that he's, you know, sticking up for Jamie, but yeah, still yeah. like sorry that you're a bad mean girl, <laughs> ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She was a she was a big bitch. Um, And then last little light is this movie might just be too (laughs) sad in general. I think like I was almost like my stomach kind of hurt the whole time. Like I I don't think I enjoyed it, even though I know I like it somewhere in my heart. But it just might be too sad. It's just too sad of a concept. It's pretty sad. I think that I would have said that just because they they put off the cancer reveal long enough. I think it is. I think if they had like. If it had been the first hour and then they reveal the cancer and then they fall in love, I think that would have been too sad. But they do give us a little bit of like fun before Mm -hmm. she drops the ball. Sure. I feel tears in my eyes as we're talking about this. We're just going (laughs) to keep moving. Let's talk about what has aged the best and worst. Kate. Okay. So when I was talking about how Landon is aggressive, uh, he just like, (laughs) there's this scene, which is a great scene that I just loved when I was younger and I still love now, where they're in this play together. We're going to talk about her songs, but Mandy Moore sings Only Hope, Mm -hmm. an iconic song. Mm -hmm. And then Landon, who is playing the lead, is just overcome on stage and kisses her right before the curtain goes down. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is an unscripted kiss. So like, it's not there. It's not part of the play. It's not Mm -hmm. written in. She doesn't know it's coming. And most importantly, he did not ask. So they're in the middle of a play and this asshole, you've never kissed a boy in your life. You're a 16 year old pastor's daughter, just grabs you on stage and kisses (laughs) you after he's moved by your song. And I'm just like, consent is sexy, Landon. Like, just talk about it backstage before the play. Be like, hey, (laughs) I saw you practicing that song and it was really great. And I feel like a kiss would be, would be great here. And she could be like, yeah, sure. And that's it. You know? Mm-hmm. It you know, takes it away from her. it, but I feel like it's important. That does. Yeah, age no, better. I agree. And kudos to her for not running out and being like, yeah. what did this heathen do? You know, so. Mandy Moore is made of strong stuff in this movie. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> certainly. What has aged the best, Amelia? Okay. I, I, yes, I agree. This movie is friggin' sad, but 
It is also one of the best tragic teen love stories. I think mm-hmm. it has to do with the fact that we don't learn that she's sick with cancer until the second half. And I don't know. Shane West is just so dreamy. Mandy Moore is so cute in this. And the soundtrack is amazing. Mm. And just like, I don't, it's just like your first introduction to Nicholas Sparks. It couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, I think Ansel Elgort has tried. Shailene Woodley <laughs> has tried. tried. Many have tried and none have fucking succeeded as mm. great and as lovely as The Walk to Remember. I like. I know the lyrics to that song, Only Hope. I don't know how. <laughs> it's somewhere in my brain. Like It holds such a special place, I think, in a certain age group of women and men's hearts that like as soon as you bring it up, they're like, oh my God, A Walk to Remember. Like It really <laughs> yes. has. You're right. It has stood the test of time, Amelia. And it's not that cheesy. Like it no. actually it's- really holds Holds up. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Let's go through the MVPs. I'm sorry to get meta on this answer, but I got to say it. Romance wins once again. It <laughs> oh, won yeah. in the last song. It won here in A Walk to Remember. This is just such an iconic romantic movie. She, they both are so sweet together. She has so many cute lines. He was like, I might kiss you. And she goes, I might be bad at it. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, it's so sweet. I just can't. It's so pure. It's so pure. Um, Kate, who's your MVP? I took uh, my guy Shane West. And listen, I looked him up on Wikipedia. His career has just withered and died. But he doesn't need need a career because he has this movie and he's great in it. I just think it's really hard to start where they make land and start in this movie and end up as sympathetic and romantic and kind as he seems. And I know that's part of the movie. It's like character growth. Jamie makes him a better person, blah, blah, blah. But he just really pulls it off. He somehow is like very soft and kind and caring while also being like very aggressive towards like other people. Um, He's just great. He's like a very specific kind of like early 2000s, like dreamy. Those paper thin lips and that weird spiky (laughs) hair. Oh, (laughs) those spiky areas. It hits like nothing else. Oh Amelia, my God. who is your MVP? Well, my MVP is Mandy. She's my queen. I have loved Mandy more ever since she came out with Candy in 1999. My friends used to make fun of me, uh, especially my friend Maddie Puckett, uh, who listens to this podcast. Yes, I'm calling <laughs> Call her, her out. out. I'm calling <laughs> her out because she used to make fun of uh, my love of Mandy uh, because I had like, this is really embarrassing, but I had like that Got Milk poster of her in my room and yep. I was just like, I love Mandy more. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I've always loved Mandy Moore. I love her songs. I think she has a great voice. I think she's a great actress. And she really does a great job with Jamie in this, uh, in her, literally like one of her first movies. Like, you couldn't have done she it made better from role. anyone else. You're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. I have to say, after listening to Liz talk about her love for Miley, like extreme like lifelong devotion for Miley and you talk about your lifelong devotion for Mandy. I feel very left out. I have to start standing someone in one of these movies. Yeah. Um, so I'll Who's get back pick? to you. I'll get back to you after I develop very strong feelings for Julianne Huff. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good Thank luck. You. Kate. I'm going to start working on it now. Um, I know this was not part of this category. Quickly. Least valuable player. Mandy Morse's dad. Ah. He is a stickler <laughs> and she is dying. And 
<laughs> he he like is extremely tough on her kind of to an not kind of to an extremely <laughs> unnecessary extent. He I think she like held hands with Shane West and he called her behavior <laughs> sinful. It's like um pops like she is dying. She's got <laughs> days left. Like can you oh throw her God. a bone? Let her experience life a little bit. Also yeah. then she gets reprimanded and she's like let me go make us dinner. Kisses on the cheek. Like no the girl is fucking dying of <laughs> leukemia. Make her dinner. I just can't. Can, he came that's around. That's the least you could do. I know he's been hurt but like Oh my God, she is literally on her last legs. Be nicer. (laughs) Great points. Anyway. So good, yeah. Let's do the lightning round, okay? This this went over quite well last week, so let's try (laughs) it again. (laughs) Can only go up from here. Kate, how about you take it since you created the lightning round? Okay, all right, lightning rounds. Did you cry, Liz Kelly? Yes, too much. I'm crying now. I have tears. Amelia. Yeah. Okay, fine. I did cry. I did cry. And I watched it the other day and I did cry, especially when uh, Landon's dad pays for the home care. I was like, oh, my God. When Landon cries in this movie, I cry. Like I can't. Anyone else is fine. But when Landon loses it, you lose it or you have no. Okay. What? This is very difficult. I think. What is the best Mandy Moore song in this movie? We've got Only Hope, which is a song that she Mm -hmm. sings during the play, which is a very long scene, but a great song. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be Love, which is the song that plays in the background during the tattoo scene, which is extremely underrated sexy scene. Yes. Yes. Cry, which plays during the end credits, was her like official song for this movie, uh, and it features uh-huh. Shane West in the music video. I'm taking your answer. It's got to be only hope. I know these lyrics. I don't know how or when or why, but they're never leaving my brain. That's my answer. <laughs> they're just embedded in your heart. I agree. My pick is only hope as well. I mean, I love all three of those songs, but I don't, there's something about Cry that I just mm. love, and I love him in the music video, and it's just like, oh, yes. I'm crying. So good. Yeah. The hardest part about this category and putting this in just within a bigger pod is like that tattoo scene. I totally forgot. We could talk for 10 minutes about the oh sexual tension of God. her just showing a shoulder. I mean, Why is every- her shoulder so sexually charged? And when he Everybody blows on it. Take notes. Ugh. You can make something sexy without showing so much skin. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yes. yes. Oh. It's a masterclass in sexual tension. <laughs> it, it really, is. it genuinely is. I'm not kidding. <laughs> No, yes. it is. Um, <laughs> speaking of the tattoo, which of Landon's gestures did you enjoy the most? The two places at once thing where he takes her on the state line. Mm. She's standing in two states at once. The tattoo. She says she wants to get a tattoo. He gives her a fake one on her shoulder. Very sexy. A star named after Jamie. Uh, self-explanatory. Or the fact that he marries her in the church at the end of the movie. Okay, the tattoo scene, yes. but And also the star is cute too, but the two places at once when she's like, what are you, what are we doing? And he's like, you're in two places at once. And then the um, dancing in the moonlight plays and it's just like, this is the most perfect thing in the whole her, wide world. Oh my her God. Her smile when she finds out she's in two places at yeah. once lights up the entire universe, yes. lights up the yes. night sky above her. Oh my God. It was like Mandy Moore was actually... Jamie and she yes! actually found out she's in two places at once and also died of cancer. Yes! Oh my god, so pure. Yes. And it's also the first thing that he does. And like Ugh. you, I think you as a viewer realizes like, oh, he's like he's good at this and he's in yes. love with her and like he really cares and he's about to do this. So yes. it's like a real mm-hmm. moment in the movie because you're like, oh shit, like he cares. Oh, yes, and it's just like so clever and romantic. Yes. Oh my god. It's great. Uh, <laughs> did they say I love you too fast in this movie? Yes or no? <laughs> Anyone? Kate, you go for it. Uh, no. They'd say it after the first date. However, <laughs> the timeline is so accelerated in this movie. She's dying. She has days to live. Right. You got to get it all in. I think they get a pass. You can say I love you before the first date in this movie. <laughs> I don't care. 
the first hour dragged on for so long. I actually didn't realize it was after the first date. I thought this was like maybe months into their rendezvous. But no, yeah, she's dying. You can say it whenever. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Our favorite lightning round category. Let's talk about the B plot. Is it fire? <laughs> Yes or no? Can I quickly shout out the listeners who liked our Instagram post, which was like very deep cut in the pod, liked the post before <laughs> they even listened to the show, probably. <laughs> and they didn't get the inside joke about the fire B plot. They liked it anyway. I was scrolling, being like, you guys are real fans and you're in for a treat because that the was real one ones of my are on favorite, Instagram. Favorite moments on the show. Uh, fire B plot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all about his asshole friends and his absent dad. The mm-hmm. asshole friends are necessary to the story, but like not fun to watch. And then I thought the absent dad, until he paid for home care, I was like, mm-hmm. why are you part of the story? Yeah. So Definitely. I would say not a fire B plot. Definitely not fire. Uh, I'm okay with the entirety of this movie. So yeah, let's do it. I love every single aspect of this film. I love that for you. Thank All right. You. Finally, we must answer our eternal question. Is this the worst Nicholas Sparks movie? Yes or no? No, absolutely Maybe not. the best. Up it there is the best. Song. Oh it's up God. there. It's up there. All right. It's just going to get worse from here, folks. <laughs> I know. We Damn were just it. like a star. We flamed out so fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I'm not sure what we're going to pick next week, but we'll see. Tune yeah. in to find out. We go through all your Instagram replies and tweets and stuff. So just keep sending us your opinions. We'll do whatever you guys want next. We uh, have low standards. All right. Final category. Thanks for sticking with us. It's Tea Time's unanswerable questions. And then also we're picking one from the teabag. So I'm going to go first. It's right in line with the last song. And because there are still tears, I feel somewhere right behind my eyes right in this moment. I can't get a walk to remember out of my mind. And this might be the saddest <laughs> movie I've ever seen like in my lifetime. Wow. Rivaled with the last half hour of the Titanic, which I haven't even seen that movie fully, but I walked in on my mom when I was like seven in the kitchen in our tiny little kitchen TV. She was just absolutely hysterically crying over Titanic. I had never seen her like that. Still haven't. It's one of my like most memorable childhood moments. And I think the Titanic only seen the last half hour is also up there with saddest movies (laughs) I've ever seen. Walk to remember also tied for first though. What is your guys' saddest movie you've ever seen? I have a real answer and a fake answer. I think the real answer is too depressing for this podcast. So I'll say the fake answer. I'm not that much of an animal person, but I cry so much when animals die in movies. Mm, I remember I went to see Marley and Me with Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston (laughs) uh, after reading the book. I cried like no other at the book and I cried like no other in the movie. And like, I'm not really like I have a cat, but like I'm not that much of an animal person Uh in real life. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when animals die in movies, I like cannot handle it. What's your real answer? Yeah, what's your real answer? Honestly, my real answer is that I did my undergrad thesis on Holocaust cinema, and it would be one of those. Okie dokie. I'm not talking about that genre of movie. I'm talking about tragic romance. (laughs) (laughs) Not okay. Okay. I wasn't going to say that's fine. Great. Thanks for that, Kate. Amelia, (laughs) good luck following that up. What's the saddest movie you've ever seen? (laughs) Well, I would say, I I, okay, I also have two choices. Uh, One is um, up. No, 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 yes. no, not up. Well, yes, up, but also inside out. You remember oh, that part? Sure. Where, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I literally sobbed in theaters and I was a grown adult. Pixar um, will get you every time. It will. really will. Really will. And then also there's this documentary called Dear Zachary. And it is just the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so sad. See, Amelia picked a real depressing I one too. I should have caveated this with, I'm not talking about documentary. Also, I've okay. seen a lot of You said, what is the saddest movie you've ever seen? You're right. That's I'm talking question. about narrative romance movies. I should have said Be more so. more specific. I'm really sorry. I'll never bring this up again. Um, Kate, what's your unanswerable question? <laughs> my unanswerable question that we teased at the top is, are roller skates having a moment? Mm. 
Wow. Do we need to learn how to roller skate again? I don't know if you guys have seen all the roller skating videos, primarily on TikTok, but also like on Twitter, YouTube. All these like amazing women are like doing these like dance choreo roller skate routines. And it just seems really cool. And it's like very trendy. And I do I need to learn to roller skate? Does that need to be like our quarantine hobby of choice? Yes. It wow. does. They look so graceful and cool. It's also easier probably than learning how to skateboard, which is also give you like cool points. So True. I think we should pivot to roller skating. I think so. I don't think I would be good at it. And I would fear for our safety, but I think we might have to try it. What about rollerblading? I feel like that's less cool. Yeah. Is, is really it the one with all the wheels back yes. to back? Yeah. yeah. It's easier. It's also it's harder. Easier. Wait, is no. it easier? I think it's easier. Oh, wow. I was thought really? it was harder. Well, for me, it's it's easier. But. I'm not going to try either of these things. I don't okay. know why I'm doing this. <laughs> if you guys have opinions on the matter, please tweet us and DM us. Um, all right. Let's wrap up the episode. Amelia, um, Finally, question. we have a question. Pulled this one out of the teabag uh, from Sarah Wallace Cater at Sarah W. Cater. Favorite Disney Channel original movie? We've talked about so many. We really have. I'm not that into them. I'm not as into them as you guys are. I would say um, Cheetah Girls. Oh, good choice. Yes, That just shows that you have not watched a lot of them. I'm not going to lie. It was that or Camp Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) My pick is The Luck of the Irish because, you know, I'm Irish. That's my my heritage, baby. I also loved Rip (laughs) Girls. Oh, my God. I wish I looked like that main character my whole life. Just an iconic movie. Um, And I love Double Teamed with the twins, Mm. Motocross. I could go on. That was really my shit. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) No, I love that. And same Rip Girls. I thought I was the only person who knew that film. So I'm so no. glad you knew it too. Camilla oh Bell. Iconic. Oh my God. Yes. I freaking had the biggest crush on her of all time. She's she great. is great in that movie. So yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Kate, great. Kate, good job. But pockets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We're letting you guys go. God bless our producer, Kaya McMullen, who has to edit this episode. Thank you all for listening. Send us Cringe Mode, Rex, etc. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer.